7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Good evening and welcome to the show. I am Tabiso Musia Luyolom Kalip is producing. Sylvester Komane in technical and Tebuko Khadebe is on social media with us this evening. It's been a busy day for many people, sports stars, teams, federations, and kudos to all of you who did their bit for Madiba today. I know Kaiser Chiefs were in Soweto. They were also at Greenside High and uh, they visit. They were in Protea South Kaiser Chiefs where they visited Almond High School where Usia Bongangazana used to attend and they gave... Uh, um, speeches there and they also donated kit and sanitary pads so well done to Kaiser Chiefs and everybody involved today also the Halford Lions were in Kahiso with Cricket SA and Momentum the Springboks were building houses and handing out blankets in the Western Cape very good to see sport play its part because Madiba was a big sports fan and supporter of our teams uh, so we uh, say well done to all of you and on that note we thought we should stay with the Madiba theme this evening we all know what happened in 1995 when he inspired the Springboks to glory the following year was Bafana Bafana to Afcon success in 1996 but what we want to talk about tonight is what happened in 1998 and 1999 when former SA rugby boss Louis Late took Nelson Mandela to court a sitting president totally unheard of that a sitting president would be taken to court to testify in a civil case and as we always proclaim on this show we like to educate the young ones about historic moments in South African sport and for me this is one of them I was still in school at that time uh, so hopefully we'll get all the facts to tonight from our guests and understand the situation better but I was just as shocked as anybody that a president was taken to court by a rugby boss Louis Late who headed Sarfu at the time the South African Rugby Football Union and may you all rest in peace he launched a court challenge to President Mandela's right to appoint a commission of inquiry into racism at Sarfu, as well as the work of the almost exclusively white governing body, which was headed by Mr. Late, who was seen as a dictator by many. So Louis Late did not want this commission to happen, which was initially started by the then sports minister, the late Mr. Steve Chuete, and signed off by President Mandela. So tonight we'll speak to a few people who were close to the situation at the time to understand how on earth the sitting president was taken to court, and many are accused Louis Late of trying to humiliate uh, Madiba at the time. There is also a disturbing story that caught our attention. There is a lower uh, tier rugby tournament called the Supersport Rugby Challenge, which was set up to try and assist with the development of previously disadvantaged players and to encourage participation in uh, these communities. Certain matches were set to be played in uh, the townships and uh, communities, but it seems like the teams did not uphold the values of this tournament because they did not fill the black players and also they did not play some of these games in the communities. And Greek was president, Yanni Lowe, a formal complaint over the lack of representation in the Pumas team ahead of the final because the Pumas only picked two non-white players in the semis. The Pumas only had one non-white player in their starting lineup and um, in this, I don't know why I'm even saying non-white. Um, they, they only had one a black player in their starting lineup because non-white is not a thing. Um, in their semi-final win over the Sharks and also just one black player on the bench and this is in direct conflict with SA Rugby's strategic transformation objectives which is uh, understood to dictate that teams must have 45% uh, black representation in their match squad. So we've invited Supersport to the show. They've declined. They've referred us to SA Rugby, but we will nonetheless go ahead and address this matter. But before all of that, in the spirit of Nelson Mandela, there's something fantastic that the legendary Kalusha Balia is involved in, along with the KNVB. Uh, that's the Royal Dutch Football Association. They are in Soweto. They've got something called 100 Coaches for Madiba, and uh, Johan Neskins is also involved. We're also hoping 
hoping to speak to him, but we couldn't get through to him. But we did have a chat, quickly, quick, quick three-minute chat with Kalusha Bwalia, the, the Zambian football legend, of course, just to understand what is it that they are doing in Soweto and what is it that they're doing with the Nelson Mandela Foundation as well as the KNVB. I thank you so much for for this opportunity. Um, I have been involved with uh, well, the Nelson Mandela um, Foundation uh, for some time now, um, um, and sometimes we, as ambassador, you know, there's a project. Mm-hmm. We're always there, and also we always uh, together with the KNVB, you know, which I'm also ambassador as one of the world coaches. Um, and so the KMDB has been working for a long, long time in, mm-hmm. in uh, South Africa, not only in South Africa. Uh, the KMDB is working in 32 countries all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, bringing coach education. So this is something that I love and I've always participated. I played in Holland a long time. I was uh, trained there, was with PSV Eindhoven, was camp champion. And so uh, they uh, molded my, my thinking in football and I did my my um, my UEFA licenses in in uh, in Holland. Mm. I was about to ask uh, because I know you played there in Holland. But tell us now about this hundred coaches for Madiba with KNVB. What is it all about? Well, the, the hundred coaches for Madiba uh, since uh, you know today marks hundred years of which have been Madiba's birthday. Um, in anticipation, the Mandela Foundation, together with the Dutch with the uh, Holland Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs, and of course, the Royal Dutch Football Association, the KNBB, um, are doing uh, four workshops in, uh, in world coaches uh, in, in South Africa. And so this is the start. Uh, it is here in, um, in, in Soweto, in Nike, Nike Town, as it is called. And uh, we have a good response, uh, about 30, 35, uh, 34 uh, coaches who, who are current, currently there. Uh, amongst them, you'll be glad to know that um, you you have um, the most capped um, South African player, who's also my my buddy, my friend, uh, was former captain Aaron Mukwena, who's also participating. So it is it is wonderful to get this uh, um, uh, this uh, workshop going for the coaches to train them. So they're trying to get a hundred. So they'll be um, in. In Johannesburg this week, and then afterwards it will move on to uh, Peter Marisbeck. Mm. And King Kalu, what are you hoping to leave these coaches with after these workshops? Well, I think that, uh, as Nelson Mandela rightly said, you know that uh, education is very important, um, and football brings people together. And um, not only uh, do does the KNVB bring the coach education, but uh, they train them in life skills and also social cohesion. So it is something that, uh, especially for, for the younger coaches, you know, who are working with the young kids, it's important that they're trained, you know, in collaboration, of course, with uh, where they're working with, uh, with SAFA. It is important that they're trained and they, they have the right tools so that when they impact the, um, uh, the, the boys and girls so that we can uh, build their future champions. Kalusha Bwalia, they're speaking to us about the work that they're doing with KNVB. 100 coaches for Madiba is what has been themed. And there are a lot of uh, legends involved, including former Bafana Bafana captain Aaron Mukwena, who's also there, and Buminyande. And of course, she's got 115 caps for Banyana Banyana. And she's also uh, part of this. And uh, Johan Nieskens, as I mentioned, um, is also the ambassador of the World Coaches, the former Dutch football manager, former midfielder, former Sundowns uh, coach Johan Nieskens. But up next, we are going to go back to 1998 as we try to 
educate the young ones and and also just to find out why was a sitting president taken to court by a rugby boss for the story behind the action get tabiso musia weekdays at 7 p.m so as we celebrate Madiba's legacy, it's also important to look at his impact in sport and also historic moments in South African sport, whether good or, or, or bad. And we are now joined on the line by former Saru president, Mr. Brian Van Royen, who I understand was the author of the dossier that led to this commission of inquiry. And Mr. Van Royen is also said to have urged the government to appeal that high court decision um, uh, that had actually ruled in favor of the then Sarfu. And Mr. Van Royen, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. So we appreciate your time. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to the listeners. Firstly, is that correct that you were the author of that dossier? And if so, Mr. Van Royen, what is it that you were unhappy about at the time? You know, Tabiso, uh, I, w- w- when I got a call today, I had to go and take out the dossier. Mm. And, you know, uh, whatever happened in that whole process, the, the, the things that I put in that dossier was never tested because um, because what led to that dossier led to a, a ruling in favor of uh, Dr. Louis Late of what is happening in sport and the South African Rugby Union then in 1997. It was an appeal, you know. Yes. I, I, I urged our legal team together with uh, the legal team of uh, late Minister Steve Trete, uh, the Director of Sport and Recreation, Mr. Toby Tamjasi, as well as uh, Madiba uh, as lawyers uh, appealed it mm. and 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 subsequently the constitutional court in their ruling uh um in 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 april 1998 uh uh upheld uh, the appeal and basically uh, the judgment of judge Villiers was set aside now what happened in the interim was that in May 1998, late was then uh, uh, the late Louis Late was sacked, and um, the commission. There was no need to proceed with the commission that uh, that that President Mandela at the time had appointed. Mm-hmm. So, so the point that I want to make never was those things uh, that have surfaced again. 30, uh, uh, 20, 22, 23 years later, has it been dealt with? And I, and, and I really believe if it was dealt with uh, uh, in detail then, we would not have had uh, uh, the sort of uh, uh, problems that is still rearing its head uh, uh, every now and then, uh, racial issues at stadiums, uh, players being unhappy, ex-players being unhappy. So, so I think I think that that in itself, for me, although although an achievement, you know, um, uh, I I was very very uh, surprised when 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 we got the order from Judge Tavilliers that uh, that that. that uh, former President Mandela had to be appear in person on the 19th and the 20th of March in uh, in 1998. Mm. And 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 uh, what happened during that trial is one specific moment. And I was and I was in court when um, uh, when when when, when uh, the late President Mandela said it. And I quote: 
he, he said in that uh, while he was standing, the judge told him that he may sit down, and uh, he told Judge de Villiers, I prefer to stand, you know, and mm. he... Uh, oh. Hello, Mr. Van Yes, we can hear you, oh, Mr. Van Wright. Yes, okay. yes, we're here. And, 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 and he told Judge de Villiers, uh, I prefer to stand, and he said, uh, uh, to, to Judge de Villiers, and I quote, let me say, Judge, I never imagined that Dr. Light would be so insensitive, so disrespectful, so ungrateful as to say of the President of the Republic of South Africa that when I gave my affidavit and signed it under oath that I was telling lies. Mm. I never imagined that you would do a thing like that, unquote. Mm. You know, you know that, that stayed in because I was in court that day, and that, uh, that would forever stay in my, uh, in my memory. You know, here, here was a man that had just spent uh, half of his life, <laughs> entire life in jail. Yeah. And here he goes back onto the uh, uh, into the witness box and tell the judge, "Don't mind. I don't have to sit down. I will stand." Now, Mr. Van Royen, um, taking uh, the president to court, uh, was it really to seek justice, or was it a show of power and an attempt to humiliate Madiba, as mentioned by many at the time? And arrogance to add to that, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know that hurt Madiba so much that after that court case, Madibao never went back to rugby until many years later I became the president and I went to go see him and I said, Madiba, come back to rugby. And I remember very clearly it was the game uh, between uh, between Wales and South Africa at Loftus. Mm. Uh, I think it was 12 or 13 years later that Madiba came back to rugby. Mm. You know, uh, it, it was to humiliate Madiba. You know, just just the fact that the judge called him, and and to even to, to make it even worse, when the matter went to this uh, to the constitutional court, you know that they had the audacity to want the president of the of the chief or the chief justice Chaskelson, Judge Albie Sachs, Judge Zach Yacoub, Judge Pius Langa, who was also a former Chief Justice, and Judge Krichler. You know that they ask those judges to recuse themselves. That that level of arrogance mm. and that level of disrespect to the judiciary was uh, was a defining moment uh, for me. You know, something that I will always uh, um, remember that. Uh, you know, although they try to humiliate, although they try to belittle Madiba, the, uh, you know, there was no need. Mm. Honestly, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but, but, but all the legal fraternity said there was no need for Madiba to come and answer why he appointed the Commission of Inquiry. Now, you spoke about Judge William de Villiers. There were questions raised about Judge William de Villiers at the time. Uh, were you not then surprised by the verdict? Apparently, his reasons were not even clear. And um, as I said earlier on, you, you, you urged the government to appeal. Well, uh, you know, we, 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 we believe that whatever happened, 
there you know we we had our reservations you know uh the 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 appointment of 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 acting judge and 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 former sc uh, uh, uh um uh Brody, Jules Brody, that was going to uh, uh, chair the commission at one stage, said that uh, he he couldn't understand why. Uh, but 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 you know, it was it was that type. It was that level. Even even at the time, you know, the uh, uh, the people continued uh, to want to uh, to make sure that that sport. And particularly a rugby that Madiba had so much cherished, cherished uh, in terms of 1995 uh, uh, World Cup and all other sports. He, he was just a sport icon and a motivator, and 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 he had reminded me on more than one occasion, mm. uh, 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 Brian, what we have to do. Sport is what brings people together. Sport is what's driving the unification of communities where political parties can't do it. Let us let us work together to do that. And he was even prepared to go and sit down with Louis Leite and sit down with everybody to try and resolve this matter. And how was the, the mood in the rest of the rugby fraternity when this matter was unfolding, Mr. Van Rooyen? Was it dividing the community? Were people taking sides? Because one of the reasons for the commission was that um, the, the, the governing body of South African Rugby Football Union was exclusively white. What was the reaction from the rugby community? Oh, oh, oh uh, uh, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. It, it, it split the organization itself in half and not necessarily on racial lines. Uh, there were some uh, some of the white guys that were very uh, very supportive of what uh, what was happening, uh, and, and 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 what happened uh, at the time, uh, uh, as I've alluded to earlier on. Eventually, Madiba, uh, uh, you know, by the time uh, the Constitutional Court ruled. Uh, Madiba at the t- or Dr. Louis Leite at the time had already been removed by by the people in South African rugby. Um, I must just also add, you know, uh, uh, over the years, and 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 it's a leaf that I take out of the book of Madiba in many many instances. Uh, at the time when I was. Uh, president of SA Rugby, yes. I got so tired of all these things, and, and Madiba would tell me, if you walk away from what you're supposed to be doing, you'll be a coward, Brian. So you've got to go through as difficult as it might be. You know, uh, when I became president, it was also uh, uh, by the by the legacy that Madiba left, that I went to go see Louis Lake before I I had dinner with him. I we talked about it. We we uh, uh, whether whether all these things happened in the past. We were. Uh, I was hoping to uh, uh, to clear the way, uh, the path that Madiba would instill in me to walk in order to unify uh, rugby going forward. It's just what I did, you know. Mm-hmm. I bear no grudges against any anybody. I'm disappointed, you know. I, I get angry at times uh, when, when I got the call today. I get angry when I read the things that mm-hmm. was uh, 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 that was in there. 
Mm. You know, um, one of the things that was always told to me, never get angry, get even. Mm. And, and and you seem really hurt by the situation, Mr. Van Rooyen. At the time, uh, what was your role? And did you try to uh, address these things, uh, these issues internally, or was a commission of inquiry the only way to sort out what was happening? Well, remember there were task teams, there were, uh, there were negotiations and discussions between then uh, Minister Steve Chwete and his department. I can recall very clearly the likes of people like Greg Fredericks, uh, that is now the CEO of Houting Cricket, yes. was in that department as well. There were, there, there were moves afoot to, uh, to resolve these issues. Um, uh, when, I, when, when I presented the dossier to the Department of Sport and Recreation, um, uh, uh, and, and I had my discussion, uh, I can I can recall very clearly at the Carlton Hotel still with the late Minister Steve Twitty, and he said to me, uh, Booty, don't worry, we will have a look at this. And and, and, and that is when I was trying to deal with the, with, 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 with what what wasn't forthcoming in the unification process that happened in 1992, uh, uh, four or five years prior to that. You know, we're we now 22 years uh, 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 into that unification process from 1992 to, what is it? Um, uh, uh, 2018. That's, yeah, so uh, 2018. And we're still dealing with the same issues, you know. So, so I think I think had we dealt with it properly, then uh, I know if I know I was pleased, I was happy. Everybody was was delighted uh, that the constitutional court was uh, 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 had ruled um, uh, in favour of Madiba. Bearing in mind that I was suspended for life from rugby oh. because of what I did, you know. So, so, so having been suspended for life from South African rugby and subsequently became the president of the very same union that suspended me for life is just a, a, a testimony of what the legacy of Madiba had, uh, uh, had left in terms of the unification of sport. Well, I was about to ask you, I mean, what lessons have we learned from 1998 and 1999? But you've already alluded that the same things are still happening. And I mean, in the past three months of this show, we've, un- we've covered some unfortunate and ugly incidents in South African rugby involving racism and all sorts of nasty, uh, of, of, of nasty situ- situations. How do we move forward now? Uh, how, how, how are we not able to have moved forward from, from 1998, Mr. Van Rooyen? Uh, you know, you know, from uh, and, and and that is my concern. I must say that uh, uh, that at least, uh, if I do pick up things that I believe will tear the organisation apart, because one of the things that I want to make abundantly clear, I will never be angry at the sport of rugby. I might be angry. Uh, at individuals that were part of the sport in that era and going forward. I think there are excellent, there are good people, there are people that are really committed uh, in, 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 in putting the, um, uh, these issues at bed. It's very complex, it's difficult. Uh, uh, your, 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 your unions is still separated yeah. 
pretty much on racial lines, you know. You find the Eastern Cape uh, would have EP and Border and, 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 and those guys. And I must say, I take my hat off for, 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 for some of the leadership um, uh, I have happened to have worked for a very, very long time with Mark Alexander, the current president of SA Rugby. I, uh, I had been involved with, 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 with Kabali uh, Davids, who is the deputy, who's a former Saru player. But we've still got a long, long, long way to go. And that's the sad part of it. Is it finally, is it also a concern to you? I know um, it was raised by many journalists last year or was it earlier this year when there were only uh, basically uh, two, mem- two, two, two um, members of color, uh, people of color elected to Saru's executive council. A lot of people were not happy. They still felt it was too white dominated and they felt that um, it was always going to be about their ideas because they dominate the executive council. I think I think and that is uh, uh, quite frankly the thing that I have just mentioned now with 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 Mr. Davids and Mr. Alexander there you know they can only do so much and 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 having been there I can totally totally subscribe to their to their own frustrations do they walk away do they continue to fight it uh, from from my side it's 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 really uh, uh, for the for the betterment of the organization uh, uh, going forward and for the aspirations of our young black players that has got the aspirations to become Springboks, equally coupled with the fears of the young white players thinking that because of this they will be sidelined. Uh, if, if you take all of it in, in context, then I must say that, um, uh, yes, one of the things that we will have to look at is to, to look at the structure of, 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 of the controlling body. Mr. Brian van Royen, thank you very much, sir, for finding time to speak to us and to educate us and to refresh our memories about this case uh, that stunned the whole world, I think, and we really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you, Mr. Brian Van Rooyen, the former Saru president, uh, by the way. And up next, we'll sp- still continue this conversation and we'll speak to former sports minister, uh, Mr. Ngonde Balfour. Call Tabiso now, 0891-104-207. Yes, you can call us if you want to weigh in on the conversation, if you are around at, at, at the time, if you remember it very well, to help us refresh our memories. I was still in school at the time, so I don't know much about it except from what I read, and, and uh, that's why we're trying to get as much information as we can about this uh, unique uh, uh, case where a president was taken to court, and we are now joined on the line. We are privileged and honoured, actually, to be joined on the line by former sports minister, the Honourable Mr. Ngonde Balfour. Mr. Balfour, good evening, sir, and thank you for joining us on SAFM. We really appreciate your time. Mm. Mr. Balfour, firstly, at the time you took office, I think 1999, where was this matter? Had it been concluded? Was it still ongoing? I would be wrong, Ndota. I cannot just say one or two lines. Ah, cool. And thank, and thank Brian Van Royen, because I've known him for a long time. He served under me. Ah, Mr. Ndota Balfour, sir. Mm. 
if anybody doesn't know what I'm saying, mm. go and read the poetry. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, now I want to understand. It seems like an absurd situation that a president was taken to court, Mr. Ngonde Balfour. What was the reaction within the ruling party when this happened? The reaction was very, very sad and very bad. Mm. We were shocked at what had happened. At that time, I was not the Minister of Sport. Yes. But interestingly, would you believe it? I was the Director of Sport in Saru. (laughs) And then the next year, you became Minister of Sport. Now there are reports... I became the Minister of Sport. Yes. And when you became Minister of Sport, where was the matter? Had it been finished or was it still ongoing? Brian mentioned something and he said he was in court that day. We were in court on Toby Chamsashe, Lulek George, and a lot of NFC people were in court. And it was so painful. There are reports that Madiba was advised against going to court and testifying, but apparently for the sake of openness, he wanted to take the stand. Is this correct? Very correct, but, but I'm putting a but onto that. Madiba was a person who loved openness. And Madiba was a person who ate and lived democracy. Now, now uh, take us back to what led to this, uh, Mr. Nwanda Balfo. Who had initiated the commission of inquiry? Was it the sports minister, Mr. Steve Chwete? Was it both of them? Did Madiba just sign it off? I'm just trying to understand the different roles. Mamela <laughs> Gendota, um, listen to me. Uh, ministers initiate things to the president. Yes. But Steve initiated that because there were problems in rugby as they are now. But I'm not getting it to the now. Hmm. You go to the president and say, Mr. President, there's this problem. We need to have a commission. And of course, the legal department and uh, the presidency will check what can be done. And they did. They felt then at that time that we need to have this commission on racism in rugby. But then Louis Leite decided, as Brian Van Rooyen, I've been listening to him, yes, as Brian Van Rooyen has said, Louis Leite decided. And do you know that he was my boss at some stage? Hmm. Louis Leite, and he fired me. Oh, oh, oh. oh. oh sorry he about fired that. Me. Hmm. Yes. He fired me because of the issue of the national, then national anthem. What was the issue there? 
the national anthem, we had told the Springbok team at that stage that because we have not yet gone together as a democracy, don't sing the national anthem of the Afrikaner. And he, and he decided happy. to sing it. Look into your archives, you'll yeah. find it. Definitely, I will. Now, the commission... He decided that it should be sung, and I came out and said, as the director of rugby at that time, nonsense. And you were fired. And he, and he sent a text to say, I'm fired. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely before my time if you were sending faxes. Now, this commission, was it the first time that something like this was happening in sport in the new South Africa, Mr. Ngonde Balfour? It was. It was, good. It was the first time that it happened. Mm. And so, Louis Lee decided he's going to court, as Brian Van Rooyen is saying. Decided he's going to court because he doesn't see any racism in rugby. Wow. So it was with disbelief that we had to go to court. And I'm not going to comment on the judge mm-hmm. because it's not my, um, my space yeah. to comment on that. But but to everyone's surprise, the judge ruled in favor of, oh, well, I'm not sure if people were surprised, but the, the judge, William de Villiers, ruled in favor of Dr. Louis Laid saying that. I was, yeah. I was in that courtroom. So were all of us from the National Sports Congress who were there because we were shocked at this thing. But Madiba stood there. And what Brian says, Madiba says, I'm not sitting down. I am the accused here. He was also accused of lying by the judge. Why was that? Were you also shocked by that? We were shocked by that. It was painful. But we had to make sure that we are strong for Madiba's sake. And in, in the appeal verdict, um, uh, the, the Constitutional Court came down hard on Louis Leight and the judge. I'm sure then you were pleased with the eventual outcome after you had appealed? We were very pleased, but we wanted Louis Leight out of rugby and out of sport. If I may, it's uh, what's the time now, children's night. We wanted his balls. Hmm. Yeah, this is and it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yes. The interesting part, I may tell you, Madiba, Madiba was more than larger than life. Mm. Madiba was a catalyst. He took it in his stride. Madiba was a mediator. Madiba was a peacemaker. He was a visionary. He was a father, a mother, a parent. Mm. But this came three years after the success of the Springboks in 1995. Did Madiba deserve to be put through this, Mr. Ngonde Palfo? He didn't deserve anything like that. He didn't, because on the day that he came onto Ellis Park to support the Springboks, which some of us didn't support because of the past. He came in and he wore the number six jersey that was worn by um, Pinar. Yes. And 
would you believe it when I tell you this? Tony, uh, uh, Trevor Quirk, yes. Don, um, the fullback New Zealand, and myself, we called that game. I called that game for the SABC. Huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> with, with the legendary Trevor Quirk in commentary. Trevor Quirk, myself, and Don, uh, I'll tell you his name, he's dead now, fullback from New Zealand. We called that game. Wow. When Stransky dropped that goal, we couldn't believe it. But let's come back to Madiba, yes. the catalyst. On that day in court, after the judge had given his judgment, Matiba went over to Louis Late and shook his hand. Hmm. Would you believe that? Uh, well, uh, knowing the kind of person that Madiba was, I guess I, exactly. I can't believe it. But uh, exactly, we, we didn't believe it. We were so angry. Yeah. But he went over to Louis Late to shake his hand. And most of us from the NSC there, including Prasteve Chwet, we were angry. But please talk to Madiba, yeah. the father, the mother, the parent, the peacemaker. Even though he was very hurt, he went over to shake, to shake Louis Leigh's hand. Mm. May the Lord bless Louis Leigh's bloody soul. Now, what learnings can we take from this whole ugly and unfortunate incident? Have, incident, have we learned from it, Mr. Ngonda Balfour? What can we learn from it? At the moment, none. Trust me. At the moment, none. I love South African sport. I love South African rugby. I ran it for five years. But at the rate I'm seeing things, we haven't learned anything. May the legacy of Madiba be instilled in us. It's not easy. You can't forget the hurt, the pain. But we've got to move beyond that. Madiba was above that. You know, when we discuss the emblems of this country yes. for sport. Madiba overcame all of us when we said the Springbok emblem should not be used because it's the big protea that should be used. Yes. Madiba overcame us and said, hold on, guys. We need to have reconciliation. Hmm. And when Which you- we have, yes. but it doesn't work. Yeah. And finally, Mr. It doesn't work. Finally, when you say that we haven't learned from this, are you talking about the rugby community or just South African sport in general or just South Africa as a people, South Africa in general? South Africa as a people, one, and rugby in, in particular. Matiba was an open president. He was not scared to go to court and stand there and make sure that things go well. He opposed us when we wanted to do away with the Springbok emblem. He did. And because we respected him, 
we agreed. But when you look at things now, fortunately, I'm a pensioner. I'm sitting in the Eastern Cape with my pigs and goats <laughs> and sheep <laughs> and cattle. So nobody can charge me for anything. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite comfortable. But the way things are going, I'm very happy for Seattle. I'm very happy with the way things are going. But behind closed doors, things are still going haywire. Most of the Springbok players are going overseas because there are people whom I would not name, I know, who are recruiting them. Alistair Kutsi has failed. Not because he's not a good coach. He failed because there were people who were bent on making him fail. The nice thing about me, I'm repeating that, yes. is that I can say anything I like. Because <laughs> you're retired now. I don't want to go back into government. I can say anything I like. Well, Mr. Balfour, we really appreciate that you found time to speak uh, to us. You have really opened up old wounds mm. about people who are behind mm. this issue of transformation, who don't want transformation to go forward. Mm. You have. I was reluctant, if you remember, yes. to do this interview. Yes. I was very, very reluctant because I don't want to be on any platform talking about anything. I just want to look after my pigs and my goats. Yeah. No, thank you very much, Mr. Nanda Palfo. We really, really appreciate your time and finding time to speak to us right here on SAFM. And it's sad because what Mr. Balfo is saying and what Mr. Van Royen are saying is that uh, these same issues are still surfacing in 2018. Uh, 1998 was when he had that dossier, Mr. Van Royen. Um, he still had to pull it out today, and it's so sad. And and the evidence is there because we've dealt with with, with them on this show in the past three months. The issue of the of the white player at Greek was waving an old SA flag in the face of a black player with the president Yanni Lowe saying that it was a joke. I mean, there was the issue of the Wanderers and the Rotterdam Rugby Club were under 21 players were called the K words. They were even called that by the parents of the players they were playing against. It was just an ugly situation and there's another one that we're going to talk about straight after this break and somebody has called us on that line sipo in kz and what's your comment good evening hey good evening so what an what an interview man <laughs> uh, I, i've been listening to uh, uh from mr van royen and then the former minister and i think i'm i might be showing my age as well because <laughs> i was in high school when that happened and and I was so unaware of of, of, of that. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to let you know, this morning I there was a comment for, in, in in Steve's show. One of the gentlemen spoke about how Nelson Mandela was taken to court, and it took me by surprise. I was unaware of that. Yes. And then for you to cover it and, and educate not just the young ones, but us as well who are of that age now and who are not aware was uh, I, I really appreciate that. But just the gravity of the whole situation and how Mr. Van Royen laid it out and, 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 and you know, we sit there in a time where we think that we're sort of reflecting on Nelson Mandela and his contributions. And, you know, we sometimes are critical, but 
what came out from just listening to that conversation between Van Royen and uh, former Minister Ngode Balfour, was, was hilarious, by the way. Interesting, <laughs> <laughs> a pensioner and, and talking. You know, I think we mm. sometimes forget that uh, from wise old people, we can learn a lot. Yes. So I'm just taking a back. I'm driving back now, and I'm just glued to, 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 to this conversation. Thank you for, for highlighting that. And I think I'm hoping that a lot of people would have learned a lot, like myself, in terms of just the, the feeling and the mood at that time. Uh, and I think they took us to the courtroom tonight. I mean, I was also in school. I mentioned earlier on, I had a brief yeah. idea of what happened. I had to refresh my memory uh, this week just to try and understand. But I didn't even think that it was at this uh, at, at this level, at this magnitude. And, and they really painted a, a visual picture, a picture for us. Eh? And, and, and for them to speak about how he was in the dock and, and he refused to sit to down sit. and... You know, we, we take for granted. I mean, now we, we're at a time where we are very critical of, of, of the role of Nelson Mandela and how he's portrayed. But this just sort of, you know, did something to, to my criticalness of, of, of the man, uh, the former Nelson, former President Nelson Mandela. Thank and, you. Thank you very much, Sipo in KZN, for that call. Vincent, you are on the road. Uh, good evening. And what, what do you, what's your comment? Uh, good evening, man, and, and thanks for the call. Now, uh, first, I want to apologize to Mr. Balfour that we've uh, risen some old wounds. But, you know, some issues have to be interrogated. Actually, I, 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 I was certain, man, you were talking to a lady a couple of days ago who, yes. who flew to uh, London to participate on a, on, on a, con, on a certain Wimbledon. Yes, Wimbledon. Yes. And she had not, she left her course because of funds and everything and so forth. Now, I just want to comment if the government couldn't actually help that lady somehow in such an important context. I mean, could there be any issues of racial intervention in there, seeing that tennis is also some elite sport of some sort? You know, that, that, that lady sweat in my heart when she was talking about men. My something where you explained why you interrupted it really sweat in me, and how to know what's happening. Okay, Vincent, we seem to be losing you, but I think I've got the gist of what you were saying. It's an interview we did yesterday with wheelchair tennis player KJ Munchane, who reached the semi-finals of the Wimbledon Championships. The first time she's played at Wimbledon, the first time actually she's played um, on grass. She's ranked number eight in the world. And what stood out for us, a lot of people are congratulating KG for reaching the semis of Wimbledon. But what stood out for us here on the show and on SAFM was the fact that she went there without her coach. And uh, we were trying to find answers and it turns out that there was just no money to take her coach to Wimbledon and she actually had to find a local coach there that coaches at a, at a local club and she had to pay that coach um, out of her own pocket and um, it's a really sad story. We spoke to Wiltshire Tennis SA also. They said that um, she is on a program with Saskok. They do support her for certain tournaments but the invite to Wimbledon came very late and by the time it came uh, they couldn't uh, get assistance from uh, Saskok uh, but they did get assistance from Mama Zanelle Mbeki and um, 
and the people that she works with but the money unfortunately was not enough uh, to take the coach to Wimbledon and and I can understand what Vincent is saying it's, it's still not good enough uh, there's something should have been done to make sure that she's not at a disadvantage um, at Wimbledon playing without a coach and I think that's the common question that came after the show also a lot of people asking but why didn't other people come to the party did wheelchair tennis essay try hard enough to get this funding and wheelchair tennis essay did tell us uh, that they had no um, they they'd lost their sponsorship of course airports company South Africa and that's why they could not uh, financially support KJ Munchane there's also no relationship or no working ties between wheelchair tennis South Africa and tennis South Africa therefore they could not ask for assistance from tennis South Africa but um, he did say Anthony that they are talking now uh, with Richard Glover the new CEO has brought a new fresh vibe uh, to tennis in the country and they are talking and they're looking at ways where they can work together and hopefully we will not have this situation again because it's really a national tragedy if if, if our champion can go to a, such a major tournament without a coach. We were going to talk about uh, the Supersport Rugby Challenge. It's a, it's a lower tier tournament uh, that's been played and it's, it's finished now but um, there is a controversy here uh, because the the, the teams have laid complaints against each other saying that the other teams are not living up to the spirit and to the values of this rugby tournament. The values of this tournament was that it's a development tournament it's a development competition therefore black players must be given a chance and also some of the matches must be taken uh, to the communities like the Sisa Tukasha stadiums uh, like Ezuite, Epa, Yogozakele uh, all of these stadiums and apparently some uh, of the teams have found loopholes and they're avoiding taking the matches uh, to the communities and to the townships they complain about all sorts of things and they're also not playing the black players like they are supposed to and um in the, in the semi-finals, uh, the Pumas were accused of only starting with one black player and the other one was on the bench. They were accused by Griquas, believe it or not. And here is a comment from Griquas president, Ayani Lowe. He says, frankly, from a competition point of view, he says, how can we sit in boardrooms and make collective decisions on transformation and then not apply it? This is not a case of sour grapes. It's a problem that needs to be addressed. And then the Pumas responded and said that we are sitting with injuries to keep players of color in our squad guys that have made the starting teams before we don't contract players for the sake of making up numbers i'm not going to we are not going to risk injured players just to reach the targets i need to we need to think of their well-being but from the people that we've spoken to it's just they're saying it's too much of a coincidence that all the black players are injured at the same time and that's why they are not playing so we wanted to talk about this but we've run out of time we did invite super sport they did decline they said that it's not their issue they are referring it to south african rugby even though they the sponsors but they think South African rugby is the, is the custodian of the sport therefore they should comment on this which I fail to understand I really really do not understand this one from Supersport because this is their tournament it's got their name on it I got the press release from them they told us about the values of this tournament and what they are trying to achieve with this tournament and now it's not happening and it's gone all the way to the final and they haven't said a thing and they seem to be shifting responsibility to SA rugby and the other thing with this tournament is that it's the winner gets 500,000 rand and it looks like the values are go out the window because people want to win the money. And that's the other thing that we need to talk about. Should a development tournament then be incentivized if people are going to find loopholes? Unfortunately, we've run out of time for that one because of our conversation about Dr. Louis Late taking Mandela to court. And once again, may soul rest in peace. So we will have this rugby, super sport rugby challenge conversation tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you, Luyolo. Thank you, Sylvester. Thank you, Tebucho Khadebe. There'll be more sport in the morning with Zai Khan on Sunrise with Stephen Hrotes. And uh, my name is Tabiso. 
Samosia, any suggestions, ideas, feel free to email callchicksport at safm.co.za. News is up next.